previously on The Group Project. You walk in the door, and Cooper is standing behind the desk. To what do I owe the pleasure, weenie? I'm looking for the reprint of the Ancient Beasts of Sea and Sand. He slides the book across the counter to you. Pleasure doing business with you as always, weenie. So we hop back across town to Rasmus and Essie. You've got to get up high, and you need something to focus on. When we get to Jiffy Grosh, Essie, like, pulls her sweater up over her mouth and doesn't go into Jiffy Grosh. Really poorly made novelty battery fans? We're going to get rid of the stink cloud. And we're going to do magic, but we need to be up on your roof. I need this card back. I will put it back in your hand. I'm going to start drawing out a big circle. This guy begins to clear some. I would like to immediately go back down to reception and give the girl her key card back. You dropped your key. You know what? There are monsters to hunt. So Essie's gonna sneak out. I'm gonna start going through the book. You do find a very similar description of something called a plague corpse. I could use magic to make like a magical spear or something. Together we might be able to summon one. Try and dig out some of the spears used by the background Roman centurions. So you can get back to the archive, spears in hand, and I guess now all you have to do is enchant them. My eyes go all black when I'm casting this. I can probably jumpstart this apocalypse when I need to. So as you're sketching out your circle, the spear laying on the ground starts kicking back and forth a little bit and it slashes you. I'm gonna take the spear and hand it to Essie. And as you take it, you hear that scream again. So the spear streaks through the air just as the whale is coming up and it flies straight through it. The smell lingers, but the creature is gone. You saved the town. Congratulations. Hey, uh, spear friend. You still there? Alright. More Wena. Yes. Since you're the one with the most permanent of addresses, you have received a letter. It is addressed specifically to you, and inside it reads to Miss Slaughter, Essie, Rasmus, and Emily. By way of apology, I'd like to have you over for dinner, a date approximately one week from now. Please dress comfortably and come hungry. Seven o'clock. I hope to see you there. Best regards, Daniel Richards. Excellent. Now, nothing particularly supernatural has happened recently. And you've got about a week before your dinner date. So if you all would like to take some time out for some personal growth, this would be a good time for it. Now, is there anyone in particular who wanted to start out? Okay, I will. (laughs) All right. Emily, what are you doing this week? So this week, Emily's actually taken time off from the library. It is the only vacation she ever intends to take. It's her sister's birthday. Well, this Wednesday or whatever, middle of the week. And so she's taken the week off to go back home, which isn't far, and to hang out with family and celebrate her sister's birthday. And I did want to open it up to extend it to Essie because I know we had talked about our characters growing up together. So like, if you wanted to come along for the trip. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, they grew up together, probably nearish neighbors. So Essie would probably go just to like, catch a ride so she could visit her own family, spend a little time with them, spend a little time with Emily's sister, because she's like a sister to her as well. You know, family stuff. Okay. Emily, what does your family know about your abilities? 
my sister knows that I actually have abilities. She believes me. She doesn't really know what the like the extent of them, but she believes me 100% everything I've ever told her and said she's on board. My father thinks I'm just making things up, and my mother thinks that I have a wild imagination, and she actually likes to talk to me and ask me about things because she writes... She's a fiction author, and so she writes books and specifically lots of horror books, and she just thinks that my imagination is, you know, a well to be drawn from. So you've actually been pretty open with your family about it, to varying degrees of understanding. Well, it was more out of, like, I tried to explain what was going on, and, you know, like, when I was a kid, and the parents were a little bit dismissive of it. But the younger sister was impressionable and much more willing to listen. So yeah, I've been fairly open. And also, like, the powers did cause problems in her childhood. Okay. Anything serious? Mostly, it manifested in a way that people were assuming, like, extreme social anxiety, basically. Because constantly hearing the thoughts of people around her when she was young, before she had any semblance of control or coping mechanisms for it. Those caused her to not like to be in crowds, especially. Right. So, like... She didn't blow up the house or something one time. No, no, nothing quite as traumatic as that. It was more of a, just like a troubled child. Okay. Now, I think you mentioned during character creation that your character has the ability to cast the spell gun that her parents (laughs) insisted she have because of an incident. So near the end of high school, Emily was attacked by a dangerous spirit. She was on her own. So, like, nobody was there to help her. She did manage to get away. But her parents thought she was attacked by a person. And the police weren't able to find anything because there was really not much to be found. But her parents, when she was going off to university, although, again, just, you know, like, from a suburb outside of the city to the city, decided that she should be equipped, um, able to handle herself and protect herself. So they coerced her into gun safety, gun training, and got her a gun. She hasn't used it to this point because she keeps it locked in a safe in her apartment. Right. I remember you mentioning that. Also, carrying around a pistol in Canada is pretty hard to do legally. Yeah, it is very hard to do. Okay. So, do you have specific plans for your visit back home? Mostly it's to... My plans are to bother my mom to get early drafts of her next novel. Because I constantly do that for her. I'm sort of like her biggest fan in a way. It's early spring. Is school still running? Like high school and stuff? Yeah, high school would probably still be in. Towards the tail end. Okay, so helping my sister study a little bit if she wants the help. And maybe trying to convince my father to cook something normal? For lack of a better way of describing his particular culinary preferences. All right, so just to take a quick step out of game, what do you want to do with that? Because, of course, I don't have anything planned for your family. I think a big part of it is going to be Emily wants to share her new control over her power with her sister. Right. I think that's the big part, and to see where that goes. So there's the couple of things you would do that are normally, and I'm not going to make you roll to manipulate your mother into giving you a copy of her book. So where would Emily show her sister that? And would she bring Essie along? Is Essie there too? she hanging out with dad? If Essie's around, she would definitely bring Essie there. Essie can be around. Essie can be available for that. How about this? Where's Emily going to take 
Well, actually, what's her sister's name? Let's start with that. So her sister's name is Haley Mackenzie Grace. So Haley. And where do you think's the right place to go? I imagine locally there's got to be some sort of graveyard stuff, and that's where the practice happens usually. It's probably a much smaller graveyard than the uh, one in the city that we were at. Small church sort of thing. So your hometown would be just kind of one of the little outlying communities? Like within commuting distance? Is that the idea? Yeah, like I could hop on a bus, like a city bus. I'm relating it similar to how Montreal, the island, is the big city, but just off of the island, there's sort of like suburb type little towns. Gotcha. So you're, you're not far outside of town at all. It's slower paced, not city speed, but everybody can work in the city. Right. So, like you said, a, a local cemetery, like a little churchyard, would it be your family's church? Or is this just one that happens to be nearby? Some old Protestant building? Yeah, I think it's the church that the family goes to, but it's also the closest one, and that's why we go to it. <laughs> Please, tell me. What is Emily's religious affiliations? I need to know all of this. I would have to say Emily has very much disconnected with the concept of a good god because all she's she does believe there is an afterlife, but she <laughs> thinks it lingers on earth. <laughs> it lingers on earth and it is awful. Man, this shit is super fake. <laughs> does it count as belief if you know? She knows really good. But the church is probably like a I don't know, Protestant Okay, sure. I mean, that's, that's not important. Like, just a, a small community church with a little cemetery out back or to the side. So you, I guess, do you walk over, borrow the family car, <laughs> finally get there, and Haley just kind of looks around. So, um, what's the plan? Haley, so, you know all that spooky stuff that I can do? The, the, the mind reading and everything? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm getting a little bit better at this. I, I'm I've learned kind of a new trick. Give me, give me. Did you bring that book that you were working on at school? Your homework? Yeah. Um. Got it. I mean, do you what get ghosts to do chemistry homework for you? <laughs> Hands it over. <laughs> so I look at the book and I think what I want to do is I want to make a spirit hold it for me right now, and I'm going to have it turn the page as I read it. Okay. Well, I mean, that is beyond what a normal human can do, so we'll need to use magic roll for that. Okay, so that's weird. Ten! Huzzah! So it flips by perfectly. Each page gently curls and then flips over as you're reading through. And as I'm showing her that there, I I tell her, I'm like, Haley, I've, I've been able to do, like, some some pretty big things, too. Like, Morwenna got hurt, and Morwenna is my boss. I don't remember if you know that, but... No, I don't, but that's okay. She got hurt, and I, I was able to heal her a little bit, and then we made, you know, that stink cloud that was hanging over the city? Yeah, some sewage thing or something. That's not what it was at all. That was a monster, and we... We took care of it, and, like, we made, like, a really cool weapon. She seems just a little taken aback by all this. Um, I thought you, like, just got bad feelings and stuff. Where, when did you start doing telekinesis and white mage shit? After I moved to the city, it started happening more and more, and, like, it feels really good to be able to do this. 
the spirits that I'm controlling. Like, it's just, it's, it's really, really helpful. And my, my boss, she actually knows about this stuff. So she's been teaching me a little bit. Okay. And she just kind of like looks over at Essie. See, you're like some kind of werewolf or something. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then Essie just kind of like shrugs and shakes her head and is like, dude, no, I skateboard. I don't have time to be a werewolf. All right. So you're controlling ghosts now and fighting stink clouds? <laughs> Technically a giant dead whale ghost? Right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Dead whale ghost. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do with this. Haley, I just... Uh, I needed to tell somebody in the family, you know, you know, mom's just going to say, hey, look, I'm going to add this to my next book and dad's not going to do anything about it. Not going to believe me. And I needed to tell. He'd probably believe you if you killed a whale in front of him. Well, it's really hard to do that on purpose. They kind of, I don't control where the big ghost whales and the like show up okay so you don't control the ghost whale no i that's much bigger are they like people ghosts uh some of them are like can you talk to she just kind of like walks over to one of the headstones can you talk to arthur here i i i most certainly can try wait for real yeah i think so as he just shrugs maybe (laughs) i'm gonna go sit down by arthur's grave okay she clearly didn't expect you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to concentrate really hard. And I'm going to like the spirits that I typically interact with that I'm a little bit better with. I'm going to start telling them to find Arthur. And I'm going to try to will Arthur to apparate. Okay. Let's see another roll magic. Whoa. <laughs> 14. Okay. So Arthur's alive now. <laughs> Arthur's your <That's- laughs> <your> big. <laughs> All right, so after a few minutes of concentration, you send out your little spirit feelers, and you can feel a presence beneath you, because you are sitting on the ground in front of his tombstone. It's almost like sitting on a warm bed, right? The ground almost feels softer. And you don't get words, but you do get to ask a question. I look over at Haley and go, what do you want to know about him? Um, um, shit, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know who he is. He's, um, what's his, what's his middle name? It just says Arthur Jones on the headstone. What's his middle name? And so I go back into spirit thinking. I go, Arthur, what's your middle name? And you feel a long pause, because it's been a very long time since this spirit has had any sort of consciousness whatsoever, let alone had its name used. And after a very long pause, you just get Thomas. His middle name was Thomas. We can go look him up and learn everything about him that, you know, might be in the records. Yeah, sure. Okay. So you're not... (sighs) She looks over at Essie. So, like, she's... She's actually talking to a ghost there. Yeah. That's just... That's cool. Like, she does this all the time? Some of the time. Not always. 
She's getting better at tuning them out, so she doesn't always have to listen to them. Oh, okay. You have to tune them out. There's there's so many there's so many ghosts that you have to. You have <laughs> Not to, okay. You have okay. To tune um, them out. Oh, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, um, but. Not, like, other people's thoughts and stuff. She's getting better at tuning that out. You know, when she was younger and, you know, she, she'd walk into school and all of a sudden get all shaky and she'd get the yeah. headaches and everything. That doesn't happen as much anymore. Okay. Um, can we, can, can we go back home? I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I think I'm, I'm, think I'm done with the, the ghost, the ghost people for now. Haley. Yeah? You don't have to do... It's not about us recruiting you into ghost fighting crime stoppers. It's just... Okay, that's good, because I didn't submit a resume. <laughs> Trust me, being the person who can't talk to ghosts or do the crazy stuff is hard and scary and dangerous, and we don't need another totally normal human girl struggling <laughs> around. But it's just... You know, I remember how scared you were for M when she was younger and when you were both younger. And I think part of it is she just wants you to know that she's doing okay. And that we got some answers and that she's, she's got it under control. So that you don't have to worry about it. Because trust me, we will fight all of the evil dead whale ghosts and crazy multiplying dimension splitting starfish and uh, none of this is having the reassuring effect that you're <laughs> intending it to as soon as she says starfish she realizes that she's like ah this is not gonna help at all no no that's not helping isn't essie good at telling people the truth though only when she rolls for it oh okay <laughs> yeah and it's not to say that she's good at it is that they believe her which may or may not be good yeah, which right now Haley is predisposed to believe them anyway because she did before. It's just a lot to take in for a normie all at once. I've been there. Trust me. I have literally been in the position you are now. And it'll be okay. You can kind of just... I mean, no, you can't just kind of forget about it because it's not the kind of thing that your brain really lets you just kind of forget about. But you get used to it and it'll be okay. That's the, that's the moral of the story. Forget all the other bullshit I just said. And just focus on that it's okay, and we're okay, and you will be okay. I really love the runaway locomotive that is <laughs> Essie's mouse. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Haley just kind of like looks back and forth between you and just sort of latches on to Emily. Like just full force falls into her, hugs her close. Like, just be careful, okay? I hug her back. Well, she's hugging her as he's going to, like, grab a chocolate bar from her bag and just slip it into Haley's hand <laughs> and tap her hand and step away from the moment. Surprise, snack mom. <laughs> Always. I hug her back and I go, you too, kiddo, because this stuff is real and I need you to be safe. Okay. And, uh... I guess at that point you head back to the house? Yeah. To the parents who don't believe you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who's next? I have to finish drawing them hugging. Hold on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. I'll go next. Rasmus, Rasmus, what are you doing with your also week off, like most other weeks? Well, the end of the world wasn't coming quite as quickly as I expected it to, if I'm honest. I was kind of expecting a little bit more flurry of action, and it's been a little bit more leaky tap. So 
Uh, Rasmus is going to sit about trying to figure out a way that he can make that happen. But the project he'd like to set up first is actually something for Essie. Okay. When she held the crazy-ass spear we made in the last session and got her first taste of real power, I feel like like that was a super good thing for her. Because, you know, we all have powers, right? And Essie is the only one here that doesn't have any powers. And as you all know... Except for the ability to eat candy and never gain weight. Yeah, sure. Which is, in itself, basically a superpower. But, you know, everyone else here has magic, and I feel like she's getting left out. And we all know that absolute power corrupts not at all. So, (laughs) I'm making her a talisman that's going to give her the feel of power. And and kind of act as, like, a magical, like, self-confidence boosting book. Like a magical self-help talisman. Except this will actually do things. Sure. So uh, what do you need to collect to do this? I'm going to just kind of rough forge out a troll cross. It's not like a hard thing to make. So I can probably make it just with like a campfire and, you know, like a hammer like and a stone. Like just two stones and a piece of like iron. Not a big deal. And the idea is that troll crosses were protective amulets against trolls and fairies. So they say anyway. So the idea is that it, it should kind of keep you safe. And then I want to enchant it with some magical effects. Okay. But yeah, basically one of them is going to be that it's going to act as like a way that Essie can kind of tap into to get that power feeling again. And at the moment, I don't think we said it was going to have a mechanical effect in that it gives her like a bonus, but it's going to be something that she can use uh, in like in character just as like a... Narratively. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. We can do that. I mean, we can give it an effect. We could give her a point of armor, even, since it is a protective thing. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, if you if that's what you're feeling is fair, I'm totally sure. okay with it. Unless you muck up your rolls and feel terribly, and then it gives her <laughs> minus one armor, and everything hits her harder. Yeah, then it eats you. It actually just turns into a troll. Of course. Yeah, so I'm going to make her that protective amulet. Okay. So, I mean, that's... A pretty straightforward enchantment. I'm pretty sure, like, what they call weapon enchantments are basically just regular use magic. Yeah, it is. Uh, enchant a weapon gets plus one harm, plus one magic. So, I mean, like, an armor. Same thing. So, yeah. I guess just give me a use magic roll. I will. So, I'll roll plus weird. Uh, 14. Holy shit! Okay. Man, I'm really regretting not throwing you guys directly into combat now, because they're just... <laughs> Throwing fireballs. Get all those nice effects all the way out of there. So actually, since I rolled well... Extremely well. In the advanced rules, it says the keeper offers you some added benefit. So if you'd like, you can add something additional on there. Yeah. Totally up to you. So what I'll do, since you're putting a lot of your own effort into this, I think the amulet will give her plus one armor, as long as she's wearing it. And also, it will give you the ability to sense where she is. Okay, cool. And for the, I guess, mechanical purposes, we'll say that it is that amulet on that person. So she can't give it to someone else for you to track. It's because you are making it specifically for her. Right, okay. That makes sense. But you can sense the direction where she is. Cool. I will add that to my sheet. Nice, there's not a whole lot to roleplay out in that. 
Well, I mean, I can give you a description of kind of what happens if you'd like. Yeah, exactly how you do it. Sure. Yeah, so zoom in on like a mid shot of Rasmus just in this rocky area and little campfire going. Not a big one. It's a small piece of metal and just kind of takes a couple stones, maybe his thunder hammer as like a makeshift anvil and just like lightly bends this thing into a troll cross and then takes like a piece of scrap leather that he just has kicking around in his uh, in his bin his extra dimensional bin and fashions it into a quick necklace and then starts kind of drawing in the rocks. So if you kind of imagine like a gravel pit, I guess. So like, you know how you can just run like a finger through and it'll make a divot. So he's doing that and kind of drawing out runes that are around this troll cross that's in the center. And then he starts telling a story about ancient troll wars when they were started to come up and invade from Niflheim and how they were beat back and that all the warriors that day were wearing these troll crosses and that's what gave them such mighty strength. And then, uh, so all the light is going to come in to these runes and it's going to start filtering in from the sides as the story progresses. And it all just kind of compresses into the troll cross and then kind of goes dull. Okay, I like it. I like it a lot. Nice. Also, that looks super cool. If you're not currently looking at a picture of a troll cross, you should. They're neat. <laughs> I like it a lot, and now I want one. It's like drunk octopus wants to fight you. Yes! They're super easy to make, too. If drunk octopus wants to fight you isn't Essie's uh, slogan, I don't know what is. Uh, totally normal human girl, I believe, <laughs> is her slogan. Oh, right. Yes. Of course. All right. Were there any other things you wanted to take care of there, Rasmus? Uh, so I would seek Essie out to give it to her. So where would I find you, Essie? Let's say a skate park. So you're like mid-grind, and I'm like, oh, hello, Essie. She falls, because she did not hear you coming up behind her, because she just got back from visiting her parents and is in her own world in the skate park. So I'll come over and just like stand over top of you and be like, you fell down, but... Uh... Yeah. It was better this time. Thank you. I, uh, new trick. Still a little off balance. Gets up and, like, dusts herself off and takes up her skateboard. Uh, what's up, Rasmus? Got any new questions for humanity? Well, I remember how good of a shot you were with the spear. And I thought that we all know how good the taste of power is. But we run into all kinds of nasty things. And unlike all of us magical people, you just have nunchucks? So I made you this, and I just hand it to you kind of awkwardly. Oh, thanks. She, like, reaches out and takes it. I take offense that you said just nunchucks, but, you know, that's someone who's never been hit with nunchucks. <laughs> and she looks at the little medallion. Oh. I think I've been hit with a stick. It's basically the same thing, isn't it? Um... We'll save that for another lesson in humanity. Now, this should protect you from the real type of trolls, but not the type of troll you told me about on Twitter. You're learning. I'm so proud. Thanks, Rasmus. It looks so cool. Is it like a tie behind her neck or does she like just slip it on? Have you ever seen... So in that picture, it's actually a good indication of what he would have done. So it's like it's two knots on either side. And the idea is that you can just kind of pull and Oh, it... you like loosen it and tighten it. Yeah. Oh, okay, right on. Okay, so she like fiddles with it and loosens it up and then slips it over her neck and tightens it so that it sits a little bit higher. 
so that it's not like dangling super low, but almost like a choker. So it's like just at the base of her neck and sitting pretty tight. Now the hope is that when you put it on, you start to feel that kind of warm, fuzzy magic feeling that you got when you held the spear. Yeah, I feel like she'd like slip it on and then like have a moment where she kind of feels it and is confused because she really hasn't experienced magic besides the one time she held the spear. And I assume this kind of non-combative magic is kind of a different vibe for her. Yeah, because it's it's an armor ability. So where you would have felt like... I, I That was the other thing too, is with the spear, since we were using spirit power as part of the enchantment, you could feel the eagerness and the will of the spear, for lack of a better term, to attack. And that was all very much centered in your arm. But from this, you can feel kind of radiating from the pendant. It sort of wraps all around you. And then you feel it kind of almost a little bit of pressure. Like if someone had pulled a blanket all the way around you and then just kind of gave you a squeeze as the two ends met. And then it's not exactly not there, but kind of normalizes. Yeah, it's hooger. It's it's like it's a cozy comfy. This is different, but cool. You kind of see her like almost look off in the distance a little bit like she's kind of like contemplating and adjusting to the new sensation kind of like rolls her shoulders around a little bit yeah this is thanks rasmus i you you really didn't have to do this but i i really appreciate it so as a way of demonstrating the armor (laughs) uh, i'm gonna push her off of whatever we're standing on (laughs) cold clocker (laughs) i'm not gonna punch her i'm just gonna push her off so she has a fall yeah, I imagine we're on like the top of a ramp or the top of a step or something. Yeah, like, like a that. kicker or something. All right. Um, <laughs> nope. Give me a kick some ass. All righty. I'm good at that. That's tough, right? Yep. That's plus tough. That's a nine. That's a partial success, right? Yes. It's a success with a consequence, I guess, is yeah. how it would work out. Gosh, it's been a while. And that's like the big one. That's the one we do all the time. Yeah. yeah. You and whatever you are fighting inflict harm on each other. Yep. But she doesn't know I'm fighting her. Well, yeah, but you go to push her off. What's going to happen? She's going to reach out and grab you. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. And you both take a tumble, but you're both now armored. And I guess it it wouldn't be anything new for Rasmus, but uh, Essie, when you fall and hit the ground, you still feel it like it hurts, but only for an instant. Like you get the, what is it? The... It feels kind of like reverberation in a hammer when you hit something hard. Like, you know you hit something, but it's not going to cause you physical damage. Yeah, I also wanted to say, like, you get the report from your nerves that you've been hurt. So it's not like, you know, if someone came up and tried to punch you in the back of the head, you wouldn't just not notice it. Right. You get the report like, hey, something bad has happened, but the pain fades almost immediately, and you can feel it ripple around the outside of the shield just a little bit from that little fall. Still, like, laying down. Essie's like, that was cool. That was really cool. That was... <laughs> that was cool how you pushed me off that thing just now. And then she punches him in the shoulder. One of the one of the guys nearby kind of comes over. Uh, Essie, you, o- you okay? This guy giving you trouble? No, no, we're uh, rehearsing for a show. Okay. Yep. Sorry, well, it's like an improv like... thing. It's like, you know, impulse, follow the moment, go with your gut. We've got this whole thing. It's fine. All right, well, just... Be careful, okay? The kids skate around here. Don't give them bad ideas, all right? Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry. Will do. All right. Stay safe. And he skates off back to his own. Whatever he was doing before, 
a Christ error or something, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He just goes right back to it. He's actually an angel. <laughs> he just really loves skateboarding. Yeah. Okay. So I think we should just go right to Essie. Sure. Now that, you know, we've kind of shifted over to you. What are you doing on your day off? Now that you've gone and freaked out someone's sister and gotten a magic amulet. I think now that she's gotten the amulet, she would kind of go somewhere, probably just in her room, in her apartment, and at least for a moment, just kind of like sit and stare at the amulet and then have a moment where she takes it off and puts it down and kind of like feels the shield dissipate from her. Mm -hmm. And you feel it as you lift it off your head. You can almost like... As you're lifting it up to take it over your head, you can kind of feel the shield lift from the bottom up, almost following the amulet. So almost, it's almost like your intention to remove it is undoing its, well, not undoing, but like is is turning lifting off it, the yeah. enchantment. Yeah. And she kind of just like puts it on the bed and stares at it, looks around her room. Hey, magic spear ghost, you still there? <laughs> Waits a few minutes. There's no response. I don't think you still have the spear, right? No, I don't. She's just curious if the ghost has lingered around her. Right. No, there was no response. Cool. Yeah. Don't want to make it jealous. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think Essie would put the amulet back on after like looking at it for a minute again on the bed, slip it back on and kind of feel the shield sort of shrug back and kind of tighten around her again. It actually feels a little quicker than the first time, but whether that it's the fact that you've done it before and so it doesn't seem so weird, like, you know, the second time you see a commercial, it doesn't seem to last so long, or if it's actually snapped on sooner, you're not sure. And I think as it gets starts getting, like, a little bit dusky, she's gonna go for a walk in the graveyard. Okay, sounds like fun. Yeah. Super exciting. So, on your way to the graveyard, you hear someone behind you say, Uh, Essie? Kind of stops, turns around. Uh, yeah? Essie, is that you? Uh, might be, depending on who's asking. <laughs> you see a dark-skinned woman with short hair. Oh. It's Martine. <laughs> oh, uh, Martine, right? Yeah, yeah, you remember. Yeah, I got a good memory for faces sometimes. How you been? Good. I was I was wondering when I would run into you again. Um do you do you have some time to talk? Uh yeah, I was just uh, going for going for a stroll if you'd like to join me. Sure. That yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Um so I don't know if you've noticed Sorry, my voice is going to be all over the place for her because I have no idea what's appropriate. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out right now. I'll, I'll probably settle into something here, I'm sure. You know, it would be a lot easier if we were playing these games where we could just say, I am doing a Latina accent. Yeah, well, that's basically, <laughs> like, imagine that because I can't among many other accents. Most of them, actually. Um, there's been a lot of weird things happening lately. Don't know if you've noticed, there was a, well, there was like the green fog over the city a while back, and there was the sailor prom. They rushed everybody out because they said it was some sort of false alarm or fire alarm, and someone disappeared. And, um, well, you guys, you guys were at the candy factory a couple months ago. Uh, 
can I show you something? Um, yeah. Sure, I'm, I'm game. As you're walking along, you're walking past, like, a public park, and she, like, turns you into there and just gets back from the road a little bit. Okay, so there are some really weird things that go on in this town, and this is one of them. And she sort of, like, just very gently sets you up so you've got your back to a tree. She's like, just stay right there, okay? And, um... Just so you can sit down if you have to. And she turns around and she goes to take a step. And as you're looking down the trees in the park, it does a dolly zoom, like a Hitchcock zoom. And all the trees that are a hundred feet away or more just suddenly rush up towards you. Martine kind of seems to shrink as they come closer. And then all of a sudden it sort of snaps back again as she completes her step. But she's down there now. So she kind of like weird space jumped. She just stepped about a hundred. 150 feet in one step and you find this incredibly disorienting probably thankful for the tree that you're leaning against right now yeah she kind of like leans harder against the tree martin turns around and starts coming back towards you again just at regular walking speed not rushing not running towards you just calmly walking up um yeah so there's some weird things going on. Mm-hmm. You don't. <laughs> you don't say. She got like shakes her head to like get herself centered again. And I just I, I remember I, I saw you guys at the candy factory and you you took out that monster and then I I didn't know how to how to approach you again. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if any of you would want to talk to me or talk about it ever again, something like that. I mean, you seem to handle it pretty well, but but all these things keep happening and I just I don't think I can be quiet about it. Anyone who's who's seen something weird like that deserves to know that there's other people out here. Yeah. Um okay, so first of all, the weird space jump I mean, it's weird, but, like, I can handle weird. Hurt my head a little bit. A little more warning would have been nice, but, I mean, you did tell me I could sit down, so, like, fair enough. Yeah, um, it, it has that effect on a lot of people. So, like, people with powers, not, 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 like, awful in my world. Like, to be honest, I'm kind of surrounded by them. Um, but, okay, so first, just to, like, you know, clear the air, and, we're like, we're being honest, right? Um, just going to name some things, and, and you're going to answer yes or no as to whether you are one of them. Uh, a demon? <laughs> no. Devil? No. Possessed? No. Have you ever talked to dead people? No. Not that I have anything against people who talk to dead people. I just want to, like, know what field we're playing on right now. Um, packs with uh, extra planar... Uh, entities? No. No? Okay. Um, oh, what what else would Marwena list in this scenario? Um, have you read any of those big, thick books with the Latin? Uh, no. Okay. No, I, I speak Spanish. Cool. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, communicating with any deities? Rasmus Romano Lavella. No. Okay. I just like, you know, because like if you were any of those things, I could probably like hook you up with someone who would like, you know, be able to show you the ropes or like <laughs> explain more stuff. Um, um, I'm sorry, show me the ropes? Uh, yeah, like if you like, 
I know a person that like if you talked to dead people could like help you out but like I also know someone that if you were talking with like deities or extra planar like they could probably help you but then I also know someone where it's like if it was any of the other things they could probably help you but saying as Wait, it's none of them are you saying they all the, the, your friends I didn't specify powers? whom I just said I knew people okay we're not sharing i mean we're being honest but we're not sharing everything yet like let's be you know you yeah just, we've only run into each other a couple times my team like we gotta take this slow you know i'm not about you know telling everything on the first date <laughs> no that's that's a good it's a good policy like i i respect that gosh i you know i appreciate that i'm the one you wanted to talk to but i probably i'm gonna have the least amount of information out of all of the people from that scenario that you could have approached but like i'm flattered I mean, I just, I, I saw you walking and I thought I may as well say something now before I lose my nerve again. Yeah, no, I, I'd appreciate it. So like, okay, so now that we've got all that like stuff that I should probably do, should have said. Anyway, now that that's out of the way, have you always been able to do this? Is this like a new thing? No, no, not always. It's, <sighs> I I learned how to do it when I was younger. I... I'm not super comfortable talking about the details out here in public. That's okay. Like you said, we're not that well acquainted. Yeah, no, that's fine. But it's complicated. Isn't it always? And I just I, I just thought I could let you know that you weren't alone or that you weren't crazy that you saw a giant sugar cauldron demon and you've got friends who all have powers already. Ah, uh, I mean kind of yeah i mean they don't all have powers per se they've got connections i have connections by proxy i guess so you like you you don't have any powers though i am so average it's not even funny because i didn't think you did but now i'm not sure again no i no i uh no no i don't i mean i no not really they're the kind of fancy dancy ones i'm just the one who tends to get in trouble a lot actually um a lot but if i'm gonna be completely frank with you the giant sugar demon was not the scariest thing i have encountered in the past several months and there have been several situations requiring con containment what kind of situations um so you remember that giant gas cloud yeah yeah, that was a demon. And uh, have you seen uh, George? You know, he was talking about that time that he got lost around the corner of the coffee shop. Yeah, the big tall guy. He's got that, his skinny little girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. They do the acrobatics. Yeah, and they were talking about how they, like, got lost, but then were just, like, around the coffee shop and couldn't find their way. Yeah, that was because of a demon or ghost or... Um... Wait, hold on, hold on. Go back... What do you mean they got lost behind the coffee shop? Oh! Um, She's now looking at you dead in the eyes. You, oh, you must not um, run into them as much as I do. Um, no, they were talking about how they, like, went out for a smoke, and then one of them rounded the corner, and then suddenly they weren't there anymore, and were, like, lost around the coffee shop, but, like, nothing made sense. Oh. Nothing made sense? I'm, I'm gonna say this kind of... Uh, you know, I should have started with this, but I kind of assumed it when you pulled me far away from the road and started talking in a somewhat hushed voice and spoke about how you don't want to say too much in public. This doesn't go far. 
it stays between us for now anyway okay. like i'm telling this to you because you obviously have shown me that you have encountered weird stuff you just step 150 feet away so like you can't tell everyone everything i'm telling you but i'm telling you because you told me your weird thing so now i'm sharing my weird thing because there's nothing really weird about me just about the stuff that happens to happen around did me. the alleyways behind the coffee shop repeat themselves and yes. it seemed to go on forever and no matter where you turned it just came up the same again and again and again uh-huh and they got out. I mean, we all got out. We you all you all who's you all got out. Who's you all? How many people? Me and my friends, the ones you saw at the sugar factory. You got out. I'm here. How? How, How did you get? We fought it. I think. Um, we fought it, and then one of my friends drew this crazy circle and said some more. Again, they know all the stuff. They do the things. I just happened to be there and they got out i'm here so unless i'm still in some fever dream but everything seems to make sense also she I've... has her hands on her face like on the sides of her head right now and she's just like her eyes are searching back and forth like she's trying to think this through martine what's up i can't i can't believe you made it out you all made it how did you escape i've got how could you it. They drew some pictures with blood. I don't know. They didn't really explain it to me. Kind of in a rush. Okay. Um, where can I meet you again? Sometime. I. Who drew the circles? Um, can I talk to them? I, I. I'd rather ask them first. You know. Fine. Fine. That's. Do you have a number? I can. I can send you a text or something sure she grabs a receipt for something kind of scribbles out a number to you and hands it over i've got to i gotta go essie thank you thank you for telling me what you did it's just a lot to kind of take in all at once so that that feeling you have right now where it's a lot to take in all at once imagine what it's like for a normal person who hasn't encountered any shit before so like i know what it feels like essie. remember that feeling so like don't don't tell no i I know what that feels like. And she kind of turns and walks off. And she doesn't jump or anything. She just regular walks. With totally normal human legs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Totally normal human girls having a totally normal conversation. That's so Martine why. is definitely half Shadow Starfish. We've determined that. Clearly. <laughs> uh, yeah, Essie would just go home after that. Screw going to the graveyard. She's going to go home. That's enough spooks for one night. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. More Wayna. What would you like to do with your free time now that the gremlins have all scattered for a few precious days? In the absence of the gremlins for a few precious days, Morwena started out with doing normal clerical duties that she's been needing to do around the library, you know, attending to her very old books, etc. But then she had a really great idea while she was putting away her book she acquired from Poopy. She had to find a spot in her office because, like hell, anyone's going to look at this counterfeit book. Mm. But she realized that maybe combining the two past issues together would be really great. So she's going to go and find a bird that's dead and sneak it into Poopy's store and hide it somewhere to stink bomb his store. Okay. <laughs> so you had mentioned, you had given me a little thumbnail of, like, you wanted to sabotage Cooper's store. I hadn't realized. 
Marwena doesn't know that actual, like, stink bombs are a thing, so she's just gonna go old-fashioned way and put a dead thing in the building. Gonna go find a dead bird. Or a dead fish, whatever she comes across first. Should Essie and Emily arrive before she's found this to help her with the caper, that would be fine. (laughs) I was gonna say, it's a lot easier to find dead fish in the supermarket, but there are dead birds there, too. (laughs) (laughs) I think... I think Marwena wants to make it especially unpleasant to find, so she's going to be looking for a, like, recently dead crow or something, so that when it is found, it's not just a big roasted chicken hiding behind a shelf, it's a dead bird. I'm just imagining Marwena stalking through the woods, just in her regular, like, librarian outfit with a fucking people-hunting hat on and a rifle. She would definitely have the people-hunting hat on, she loves books. (laughs) Oh, it's cosplay (laughs) it would be it'd be her first foray into cosplay with her people hunting hat one of those fake cigarettes because she doesn't actually smoke (laughs) while humming catcher in the rye so you're just gonna go looking for a dead bird like i said if emily to me that sounds like roll weird like really weird (laughs) i was gonna say if emily and essie happen to come back and find out (laughs) and want to help that's fine. If you would like to invite anyone along on your caper, you go for it. That's, that's totally up to them. Which, which one of you girls wants to go on a caper? <laughs> I feel like Emily would have the most investment in fucking up Cooper's store. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm in. All right. So, uh, yeah, what do you do? Is Emily going to uh, discourage Morwena from finding dead animals and stuffing him in his store? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I think this is a very tame idea, Morwena. Like, <laughs> we can cast spells. That is true. I bet we could make that store haunted. Like, legitimately haunted. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Emily. <laughs> this is the first time Emily will have seen Morwena smile in the last, we'll say, six months. <laughs> I'm into it. Hey, you know what's a fun prank? <laughs> Necromancy. <laughs> Emily, you've been training a long time for this, and I would love to help you <laughs> channel your ability for the greater good. <laughs> oh my god. Emily, I'm not familiar with how how comfortable you are with this idea <laughs> to raise the dead <laughs> but we could possibly haunt cooper's store i'm trying not to laugh really hard while i say things <clears throat> we could haunt cooper's store with possibly the soul of a possum or something unpleasant i wouldn't want to trap any human souls in that godforsaken din hole but animals don't read so they won't be as upset do you think we can put some dead possums in there or I mean, ghostly possums in there, or maybe a ghostly... Oh, what makes loud, angry noises a lot? Ooh, a raccoon in heat. Can we find a dead raccoon in heat and put it in his store? We can try. That's right, I have trapped your immortal, <laughs> horny soul. <laughs> Welcome to hell. A plus. <laughs> this is horrifying on so many levels. I love it. I think Essie would be like, oh yeah, I'll totally help you prank this dude. And then as soon as they start talking about necromancy, Essie would pull the, oh no, I have that thing that I have to do. <laughs> Call me if you need me, but I, that non-ghost thing I gotta do, bye. Are you sure? Yeah, no, Um, I would love to help, but it's a really important thing. It's a work thing. So, um, but next time, next time, 
I will help you prank his ass next time. And she'll just, like, shake her head and walk away. Goodbye, Essie. I'll keep that in mind for next time. Maybe you can help me with filling his drawers with Doritos. <laughs> she just, like, gives a thumbs up over her shoulder. Keeps walking. <laughs> so Emily and I need to go on a forest adventure to find a recently dead animal that has a loud ghost. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Either allowed or destructive. I'm happy with either. <laughs> Ooh, or stinky! Oh, if we can get all three! Sorry, this is the happiest I've been since I bought that first edition of that Necronomicon. First edition? First edition. Real human skin. So you said it. It's canon now. It's just upstairs. Just hanging out. On the third floor. And here I go, making all these enemies and shit for you to fight, and I could have just had that thing. <laughs> Little known fact that Necronomicon is not actually a spooky and chanted book. It was just a bunch of weirdos who thought this was a good idea. Nice. Really improves your home decor, though. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Alright, so I guess we'll go out in the woods out behind the library. Is there woods behind the library? I feel like it's probably in an older part of town, so there's probably some, like, wooded areas nearby. So let's, uh, let's go find some dead things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to try and put my feelers out for animals. Yeah, roll plus weird. And if she needs it, I will also help. <laughs> Eight. Finally, something interesting can happen. Instead of just, you know, acing it. So you get your effect. You do manage to find a stinky, noisy raccoon ghost. Did we find its corpse too, or did we just find the ghost? Yeah, I mean, if that's if that's what your spell does. If it locates the corpse, what's your glitch to go with that? I mean, I have to go with it has a problematic side effect. <laughs> problematic side effect, okay. What kind of problematic side effect could arise from finding a smelly, horny, noisy <laughs> raccoon ghost? <laughs> I can't think of anything. Nothing? Riddle me this. Nothing really springs to mind. This plan is perfect. Absolutely flawless. Nothing could go wrong. So you kind of reach out using your powers to find this raccoon ghost. And you find the corpse there. And as you reach down, metaphysically speaking, reach down into it to pull the spirit back, you actually do pull the spirit of this raccoon out. But it's visible. Oh. Congratulations. You have made a Jedi ghost, horny, smelly, noisy raccoon. It's translucent. It's blue. It's angry. And it's right there. <laughs> completely visible. So Marwena can see it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure can. This is perfect. He'll never be able to catch it. And it kind of goes, like, it makes awful screeching raccoon noises as it waddles up to you, Emily. Just kind of, and just kind of stands at your feet, screaming at your feet, basically. (laughs) Uh, Little raccoon, I promise we're bringing you somewhere where there's nothing but trash. You can destroy it all. It's all yours. Absolute trash just for you. Uh, do you bite? It keeps screaming. Is it screaming because it's horny or because it's hungry? <laughs> Marina starts looking for a bag for food. It's Christmas. Can't we do both? <laughs> I can solve one of these problems. I think I have snacks. <laughs> Marina, Marina, um, is it following me? Like, if I just move, does it follow me? Mm-hmm. It is following you. Okay, perfect. Now we need to get to Cooper's. Uh, how are we going to get it on the bus? Oh. <laughs> or like... We may have to walk it the whole way there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just 
visible it is audible it is scentable i love this thing so much okay um, we need to um <laughs> shit <laughs> aside from like literally walking it the whole way there we need to find someone with a vehicle Ooh, i wonder if we could put it on essie's skateboard and just push it and put a box over top and no one will know <laughs> it's the stinky screaming box rolls by <laughs> I mean, if you want to find a box. It's... Um, hold on. I'm wondering if I can do something with magic to make it so I can either hide it or disguise it as something else. Like, I can try to suggest to people that see it that they're not seeing anything or to carry on, but... Ooh, ooh, I can trap a specific person, minion, or monster. Okay. So if I use magic, I might be able to trap it inside of, like, a cat carrier. Okay, you gotta get a cat carrier first, though. Or a box. <laughs> I think I might have a better chance with a box. Okay, I could trap it inside of a box, and then we can just carry the screaming box to the place. <laughs> you can get a box somewhere. We didn't specify where you found this rotting raccoon corpse. It's probably pretty safe to say it wasn't inside a U-Haul, though. <laughs> Uh, Marina, you may need to run back to the library and just get one of, like, the delivery boxes. Do we have any that are big enough for this? Yes, I think so. I got a shipment recently of some romantic novels that somebody had ordered. I think the box was big enough. They're a very horny man. I, uh, I guess the raccoon would love to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna lead the screaming raccoon back to the building. I'll just leave Emily outside with little scream scream and go get the box and then I'm gonna try and do the magic to trap into the box. <laughs> okay. And the screaming raccoon is specifically following Emily. That's what I figured. <laughs> it just waddles along right behind you and screams more or less at your feet. <laughs> it's okay, little raccoon. Everything's shh shh we're not there yet. You can you can wait. It doesn't even acknowledge you. Give it one of your shoes. Maybe it wants a shoe. I like my shoes. It's a ghost. The stink won't stay. <laughs> shush, shush, little raccoon. I just want you to keep that in mind. That sound is eternal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to get this box. I'm going to get this box, and we're going to try and put it in. I'm wondering if, because it just says to trap it. It doesn't say that I can necessarily place extra effects on the box like silence <laughs> those would be separate effects i would grant you if you want to trap it inside the box or if you want to say i enchant this box so it can trap that ghost right fine you know like a fucking ghostbuster thing we can let that fly but if you want to do other things like conceal its noise that would be other spells, or you could cast Down Comforter, I guess might help a little bit. All right. The other question I have is if it wants to follow you, Emily, how are we going to get it to stay there? Does it follow you or does it follow the shoes? Take your shoe off. Let's just find out. I, I think it's following me right now, but I kind of just pulled the spirit out and 
told it to stick with me till we bring it to where we're going. So maybe once we get to Cooper's, it'll just go or maybe I'll have to like force it to stay. I don't know. I haven't done this before. I wonder if you can tell it to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of its reason to be, to be loud and smelly. If I do that, I might not be able to get it to start again. All right. Yeah. Because like with your other spirits, like when you've done enchantments, you've given it the will to do something or imposed your will on the spirit energy. So this is kind of the same thing. It's not so much that you've necessarily conjured this particular raccoon's soul and you just happen to find a noisy, horny, stinky raccoon. You're just using that raccoon spirit energy to like shape with your will to produce a noisy, horny, smelly (laughs) apparition. The effect was that the spell worked. The inconvenient side effect was the spell worked. Okay, well, I think if I can trap it inside the box first, then I may be able to open the box and use the same spell to trap it inside of his building once we get there. That should work. Um, Can we stop calling him it and... I, I think I named it Bandit. Bandit? Okay, we'll call we'll call him Bandit. <clears throat> you should name it Puberty. It's loud, annoying, and smelly. <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna roll to use magic, plus weird. Oh come on. <laughs> uh six. Mark experience. Oh no! Do you wanna help me, Emily? <laughs> yeah, I can I can help out. You notice being that Morwena is a librarian, the noise is having an adverse effect on her concentration, clearly, and may need a little extra oomph to get the circle <laughs> sealed. I think I just noticed some runes, just when you were writing on the box, the cardboard bent and it ruined the runes, so I just like, that one's, that one's wrong. You also rolled a help. Oh, right, yeah. Well, that's how I'm helping. I'm pointing out mistakes. Uh, and that help is not weird. It's cool. Cool. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. That's six. Hey, look, the game got interesting all of a sudden. This is the best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, on a failure, you have now exposed yourself to the same danger <laughs> or effects as Morwena. So, Morwena, as you are holding on to the box and sort of pouring your will into the sigils to make a trap for the raccoon as it screams there next to you. Emily, you'd place your hands on the other two sides, right? Or actually, let's say you're both holding it, like, facing each other. And just as the spell comes to an end and you close it, like, complete the spell, the top lid folds shut, the two sides fold in and the top folds in, and you can't remove your hands from it. (laughs) They're stuck to the side of the box. As the raccoon screams at Emily's feet. I still say you should take off a shoe and see if it follows it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't right now. I'm going to tug on the box. (sighs) It's not like your hands are glued to the cardboard of the box. It's like your hands are trapped in the rectangular representation of the box. It's almost like if there was a piece of granite. It feels firm and flat and even a little cool. So if you try to pull your hands, it's not like they're stuck, like you're peeling your skin back. It's just you cannot let go of it. Uh. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I guess I have to try and figure out how to get our hands unstuck. We are right outside my library, but I can't use my hands to search through my library, and I don't have a Lexus. Uh. <laughs> I'm not sure what to 
do? <laughs> I mean, we could just wait till the spell's effects wears off and take a long walk to Cooper's, I guess. How long is the spell effect supposed to last? I'm going to check the runes on top. Well, you were enchanting the box to trap the raccoon. So it needs to trap the raccoon. Wait, can I trap the raccoon within my hands now? Oh, no. I'm going to I'm going to try and like use my feet to kick the box out from in our hands and then see if we can basically hold the raccoon in the box shape that our hands makes. So you're, so you're trying to like lower it down over the raccoon? Well, the box I can't open the bottom of it, right? So I'm going to kick the box out of the space because apparently it's the space between our hands, not the box itself that has been trapped. Oh no, 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 no. Sorry. Like the box is still there. It's stuck there too. I just didn't want you to think you could tear the cardboard apart. Your box, the hands, everything is kind of stuck in place. We need Essie. <laughs> hey, you Google. Call Essie. <laughs> I'm just going to screw up anybody who's listening to this right now. Essie, you receive a phone call. It's kind of muffled because it's in her pocket. <laughs> hey, it's Essie. I can't hear you. Essie, uh, <laughs> I, can you get to the library? I can't hear you. Morena and my hands are kind of full. What? As quickly as you can, please. <sighs> I can't hang up either, so you're going to have to hang up. Yeah. Um. Do you need me to bring anything? Get anything? A cat carrier? <laughs> <laughs> Does Essie have a cat carrier? I don't think she has a pet. I've got a, a box and Tupperware. So we've tried that. <laughs> She's just going to yell, do you want me to bring Tupperware? What? <laughs> oh, okay. I'll be right there. Hurry. All right. So, Essie, as you arrive around the, God, I'm hoping, backside of the library. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You see Morwena and Emily standing face to face, holding a cardboard box in between them and on the ground appears to be a screaming blue fucking darth lotor <laughs> jedi ghost um screaming at them screaming at emily's feet specifically what i mean not her feet but you know what did you do she's got like a big tupperware container under her arm mistakes were made we need help uh-huh <laughs> our hands are stuck uh-huh on the box we need to get the raccoon in the box. <laughs> and get your hands out of the box. That would be ideal, yes. Yeah, I mean, if we can get the raccoon in the box until we can get to Cooper's, the spell should wear off by then, and then we can let everybody go all at once. That would be ideal as well. So you need me to pick up the screaming blue raccoon ghost. Oh no, you can't touch it, but um, it, your hands <laughs> will just go straight through it, Essie. But if you could remove the tape on the bottom of the box, we could lower it down, and then that should trap it inside. Okay. So Essie will do that. Like, if you guys... Okay, so you lift up the box, and I'll take the tape off the box. Wait, so if our hands go right through the raccoon, what's stopping the box from going through the raccoon when we pick the box up? Magic box. Yes. <laughs> Wait, did Essie just assume they, like, taped their hands to the box accidentally? <laughs> no, 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 no. She, she sees that their hands are stuck to the box, but in Essie's thought, like, if you untape the box, put the box on top of the raccoon, what's stopping the raccoon from falling through the box when you pick the box up? The same thing that's stopping our hands from letting go of the box. <laughs> okay. It would be worth pointing out your spell didn't work. Damn it. 
because you rolled sixes. It was failures, not even partial failures, straight failures. I don't think we know that yet. No, you don't, but okay, I'm just, you know, giving you a heads up. Okay, Essie will put her big Tupperware container down and help them as however they instruct her. Sure. So you pop open the bottom of the box. Why not? You do manage to pull it open. And the weird thing is, even with their hands on it, as you pull it open, it doesn't flex like an open box would, right? Everything is weirdly rigid. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room. You sure this is gonna work, guys? It feels a little, like, weird for your weird. I mean, I guess it's <laughs> worth a try. That's <laughs> it's what we've got. And I guess we try to put the box on the raccoon. Yep, and it just, you lower the box down on it, just... <laughs> <laughs> lift the box up i mean i assume you try to like fold the yeah yeah it doesn't work uh marwena it just kind of like folds right through it the raccoon doesn't even seem to notice or care i think we might just have to walk the coopers (sighs) all right let's walk the coopers I see. Is there like some of that costume thing? Maybe we can... So I should also mention, just because in case we forget, there are moves you can do, like investigate a mystery. Oh, yes. That can give you more information. <laughs> no. You can play the game too if you want. <laughs> no, I'm standing by. I'm not going to force you either. Like, um, if you want to walk to Cooper's like that, I will march in that fucking parade. Could I act under pressure in an attempt to quickly attack the situation with my wits i mean you could try more magic to undo the magic that you magicked <laughs> all right let's try magic again because that's pretty much all Morwena knows <sighs> all right Maria's gonna try and re-enchant the box properly and hopefully that will remove the effect that is currently on the box or we might combine effects I guess we'll see how it rolls. (laughs) This is going to be difficult because you don't have your hands free to do stuff. I'm going to have to use my mouth. (laughs) You're going to have to get Essie to do everything. Yeah, I'm just going to tell Essie how to write out the symbols. (laughs) Oh, goody. (laughs) Basically, I probably dropped the Sharpie I was using to write the symbols anyway, so we'll just get her to give me a hand. (laughs) Essie? Yep? I guess you're going to have to roll Use Magic. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You throw a magic spear once and suddenly you're the magic (laughs) flunky. Yeah. (laughs) You can do it. I believe in you, Essie. This is not a good idea. Just so you know. <laughs> I guess it would count as me helping, too. <laughs> yeah, you can try to help her. I'm gonna have to roll real well. I would almost say, with your instruction, it would give her forward. But given the circumstances, it would also be minus one. So let's just call it a wash. <laughs> sure. I'm just seeing if I've got anything that can help me. But I definitely don't, because I am a totally normal human girl it's kind of your shtick yeah if all else fails and she doesn't do the spell right i'm pulling out preparedness because when something unusual or rare is needed i can roll push sharp <laughs> to have it <laughs> oh my god i just remembered the ghost holding thing in the basement of the place <laughs> i can also oops like if we need to i can oops anyway i have minus one weird so this will be fun <laughs> that's a 10 Hey, that's a success. The normal girl is the best at magic. I did the thing. Essie's getting more comfortable with weird shit. All right. So she fixes my runes and rewrites them. So she rewrites the runes. Essie, do you want to describe how you do it? Do you do graffiti runes? That'd be so sick. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like 
you know, she'd be sitting on her knees and she's starting to do the runes and she just has like Moena over one shoulder be like, no, 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 no. The flick has to be south, southeast, not south, southwest. They're like being super, super picky. And then Emily's on the other side being like, just be careful, right? Like, don't go too fast because you don't want to mess this up. And she goes, guys, stop. I'm the one who has two hands. So I'm the one who gets to draw the runes. Shush. And then she just like does them Essie style. So she kind of just like is a little bit reckless and a little bit swoopy with them and adds a little bit of flair and they look really cool. All right. And then as you close the circle, since Essie doesn't have innate magical abilities herself, we can say that the two people holding on to the box actually put their will into it. They're the ones fueling it. Yeah, they're the ones actually fueling it. But you wrote them right and just all of a sudden it clicks together. And because the two of you weren't really holding on to the box, that moment it kind of drops to your feet and lands on top of the raccoon. <laughs> and the screaming gets a little quieter. <laughs> all right, now we need to transport this without people wondering what's in the screaming box. We can just tell them it's for a, a, a cosplay, right? <laughs> You know, I'm cosplaying as that famous character, the screaming box. As he gives Emily a look and goes, what do you think cosplay is, Emily? I mean, or like a play? <laughs> How about this? My dog is sick. I need to take it to the vet, but we don't have a car. That'll work. I'm an accountant by day. I'm a respectable member of society. Please stop looking at us. So I say we pop the box on top of Essie's skateboard so none of us have to carry it the whole way. I mean, it's not heavy, but the stink is probably not great. It does smell bad. <laughs> it does smell bad. Yeah. And we'll just tie a rope, <laughs> rope to it, and we're going to march across town to Cooper's. I'm imagining getting there by nightfall as a result, so he should be closed when we arrive. I'm just imagining the three of you, like fucking Lion King, Akuna Matata across the log. Just the big <laughs> march. Screaming, Rakuna, screaming, Rakuna, screaming, Rakuna. <laughs> All right, sure, it's nighttime now. You've arrived at Cooper's store. You've gotten some very weird looks, but you've walked with purpose, and no one's really wanted to stick around too long. So you're standing outside, Stanley, Stockard, and Cooper. What do you do? Okay, so the raccoon is incorporeal. So if you can convince it to go inside the store with all its rage and stank and horniness, then I can cast a spell again to trap it within the store. Basically, we can just rip the top off this box and slap it underneath the building somewhere where you can't find it, and it'll stay trapped as long as it's there. He's in corporal, right? So you hold onto the box here. If I walk onto the other side of the building, if it wants to come to me, it's just going to walk in that direction, right? That's true. The doors will be locked, though. How do we get it into the building? Is there like an alleyway or something that I can scoot around to the back side of the building? Yeah, there'd be a fire escape because it's a multi-story building downtown. I just go, just one second and I'll zip to the other end. And when I get to the other end, I text Essie, I'm there, ready. Okay. Okay, we open the box yep. to let the raccoon start walking through the building to get to her. And it does just start walking straight through the building directly to where you assume Emily is screaming. Okay. So as soon as it's past the doorway and inside the building, I rip the top off the box that has the runes and I slide them inside. I guess he's got a bunch of weird, stupid displays. So he's probably got some sort of built-on thing to put, well, what normal people would put flowers in, but he probably puts in fake 
spiders and shit. So she's going to jam that down inside of one of those things so that it's part of the building, but not easily uh, noticeable from cleaning or straightening stuff up. Okay, sure. <laughs> I like that, because even as a character I created, I also hate Cooper. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I like it that we all agree. Uh, and now Marwena has the biggest smile on her face that she's... <laughs> I don't think Emily's ever seen her smile this big. And Marwena is very excited and basically stands with her face pressed against the window watching the raccoon freak the fuck out because it can't get to Emily and wrecking everything inside the store. <laughs> I mean, it can only wreck so much because it's not corporeal, but it's definitely like smearing stink on everything. <laughs> yeah, it smells bad. It is noisy. It doesn't have a physical form, though. So it just kind of like keeps bumping up into the walls of the building and you can actually see a very faint glow through the window as it wanders around in the store screaming like down the aisles one way then another (laughs) i'm trying to think if there's a way i can make it so it's a little bit less obvious just so that normies don't go in and start freaking out now that my hands are free though no i think this is perfect Well, I'm wondering if I can do uh, communicate with something that you do not share a language with. That's one of them use magic effects. So I can be like, hey, if you just like hide around, (laughs) you'll be much happier. I don't think so in this case, because it's not really like a, a raccoon would have a pretty limited understanding of language anyway. And this isn't even really a raccoon. It's a raccoon shaped ball of Emily's will. It's a raccoon mount that Emily has stuffed with bad intentions. (laughs) So as Essie's just watching all this, she like pulls out a little bag of snacks and just goes, great idea. Love it. Um, Excellent execution. Um, Do you think, though, that the guy who monetizes on the weird and strange is going to take advantage of his building now being haunted? Now do the Hitchcock zoom as Marwena's face falls and her arms drop to her side dejectedly. (laughs) You can take solace in the fact that the raccoon probably isn't going to last more than a couple of hours. Certainly not a whole lot past sunrise. Although the stink seems like it's going to linger for a while, judging by the fact that you can still smell it even though it's inside the building. The stink has clung to your clothes. Will will it last at least until he opens shop so that he walks into a giant, angry, hissing, smelly raccoon that tries to hump his leg, and then it disappears? Oh, definitely. Yay! So flash forward, (laughs) it's 6.30 in the morning, and Cooper comes in. He walks up with his extremely expensive, mostly sugar latte, because don't talk to him until he's had his coffee. Oh, God. Is he having it like Rosmus has it, where it's just black coffee and like a truckload of sugar it's a truckload of sugar that may have seen coffee at some point so anyway he comes up to the door and he kind of smells looks back and forth down the road kind of wonder if that fog is back again this gross he puts the key in the lock and as he opens the door he can hear this weird noise coming from the back room and he walks down making her hey hey He's looking around, and just as he walks around the back of the counter, he looks down, and he sees this giant glowing blue raccoon come towards him, just screaming, (laughs) and the smell is overwhelming, and just as he drops his hot coffee drink on his pants... He kind of jumps back, and then when he looks behind the counter, it's gone. (laughs) And he just stands there, whipped cream dripping down the front of his slacks, looking around, and just kind of 
leaves the shop and locks the door, <laughs> flips the sign back around to closed, just heads home. Just goes home for the day. <laughs> it was a bad start. Cut to Morwena, Emily, and Essie hiding behind the bushes to watch. <laughs> Emily's actually fallen asleep. Does Essie know that there's a 6.30 in the morning? Um, Has anyone ever told her? <laughs> I think she just thinks there's a 6.30 a.m. at night. Because it's not <laughs> technically the next day until you sleep. I agree. And she's definitely pulled some all-nighters. So she doesn't believe that there was like a 6.30 in a morning. It's just the second 6.30 that you see. Right. We've already had one 6.30. <laughs> what about second 6.30? <laughs> yeah. So she just hasn't slept. Okay. Just sitting in the bushes all night. It's too exciting. Basically, Morwena in her excitement also partook of Doritos and whatever Essie brought because she needed to stay awake so she could watch this happen. Basically, she spent all night watching the raccoon just fucking tink up the joint mm-hmm. in excitement. <laughs> and it stunk it up pretty good. You actually even caught a little bit of a whiff of it when you opened the door. Excellent. Marwena is pleased. She is back to smiling. <laughs> From the bushes, you see him come out. He quickly locks the door and then just hurries home just motoring as he just holds her hand up for a high five silently um morwena reaches up and then tries to shake her hand <laughs> she's not exactly sure what a high five entails as <laughs> he just like rotates their hand so they go from vertical to horizontal and shakes her hand <laughs> all right so now it's time to head over to daniel richard's house i guess y'all just fucking grab a cab yeah it's probably best <laughs> probably yeah yeah we'll... meet at the library cab over so you're dropped off it's a property it's not in like the center of town but it's not way out it's down in the older district of town it's not a huge lot there's a fairly large brick wall that runs all the way around the property it's probably an acre lot which is considerable for inside a town it's pretty good and as you come through the front gate which is just open it's not locked or anything walking up to the front walk (laughs) towards the house it's a large three-story house either side are bay windows well you know how they kind of come out in a hexagonal sort of way it's not like it has turrets in the front it's just like there's the door in the center there's a set of bay windows up either side the second floor same thing bay windows and then the third floor is gables that come out from the roof so it's a fairly large house on a fairly large piece of land but nothing extravagant it's not a mansion it's just a big house that probably cost a lot of money (laughs) so yeah you find yourself standing at the front door just in case i don't know you want to kick it down or something tempting unlike a lot of the doors we deal with i imagine this one opens probably knock knock uh, your knock does not go unanswered. Opening the front door is an older woman, you'd guess probably early 60s. Curly hair, she's wearing slacks, button-down blouse. She's got a white apron folded over and half tied around her waist and a dish towel over one shoulder. And she opens the door, she just smiles. Oh, excellent, you're all here. Mr. Richards is expecting you if you just want to come inside and take a seat in the parlor. I've set out a few hors d'oeuvres if you'd like. And uh, Daniel will be down shortly. I'm Joanna, by the way. Pleasure to meet you, Joanna. You must be Morwena? Yes. And you're Rasmus. Hi, hi. And she looks between the two girls. You, the tall one, you're Emily. I am. Thought so. Thank you for having (laughs) us. And Essie, of course. Come in, please. Charmed. (laughs) Ooh, sassy. And she just, like, closes her eyes and shakes her head. And she's like, uh, yeah. 
coming. Super awkward. Okay. You come in the front door, and I mean, it is a nice old house. It's all nice dark woods. There's a staircase that goes up the middle from the entranceway, uh, and she just kind of motions over to your right, where there's a parlor set out, which is inside one of the rooms with the big bay window. You can see towards the back, there's a dining room set up in the second room, back behind. And then inside this room, there's a few couches and some chairs set around. There's a table with some tasty looking hors d'oeuvres laid out. An old piano sits up against one wall. What do you do? I go take a seat and start helping myself to the hors d'oeuvres. Okay. I learned from Sailor Prom. I can do it. <laughs> they were set out specifically for you. As he just sits down next to Emily. Um, you kind of describe this as though it might be like a, a sitting room or like den or something like that. Is there a bookshelf I can peruse just to see if there's any good stories I've never read before? Certainly. You notice a lot of the books here. Um, I mean, just taking a quick glance over it seemed to be a lot of historical non-fiction type stuff a lot of recountings of the areas and first settlers first nation peoples who've been here like a lot of local history type stuff okay so he's a big fan of local fables and well i guess not fables actual stuff that happened yeah there are some collections of poetry and stuff again a lot of local authors you would assume you don't recognize like there aren't any big Jeez, I was say, like, big poetry names. It's not like... Not that I could tell you what they were anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to buy this poetry book because people are going to look at it and go, oh, that's that famous poet. This person's very fancy. <laughs> While he's waiting for him to show up, Rasmus is just going to kind of browse through the collection. And if I see something that's related to the giant Edie demon... The Edie demon? Is that the cauldron one? The one that was getting summoned for Sailor Prom. I still think that he was involved in Oh, that. okay. Okay, right. So I'm just kind of, it's history books. And in theory, this has happened throughout history. Because they mentioned that monsters kept coming back to feed periodically. So if these are history books of the local area, I'm wondering if it was recorded. So I'm kind of trying to snoop, but like subtle snoop. Okay. You don't find anything to that effect here. There are a number of books that do relate to local, I want to say disasters, necessarily. But there are some recountings. Nothing that sort of jumps right out at you, though. No one reporting giant demons swallowing a city or something. No worries. So after after a couple of minutes, not too terribly long, you do hear footsteps coming down the stairs. And coming around the corner is Mr. Daniel Richards. I guess just so everyone remembers, he's a short man, only about four foot six. He's in his early 70s i think bald head still relatively thick patch of hair around the outside that's all gone gray a big chin strap kind of beard also gray and he comes in smiling and just says oh thank you all so much for coming i'm so glad you're here and he works around the room shaking your hands i assume you've met mrs young already yes she let us in she was very nice I hope so. She doesn't get to entertain for people very often, but I have her come around. I wouldn't torture you all with my own cooking, of course. So please, absolutely eat up. Can I get you some drinks or anything? Those I can do. Can you play Barrett's Privateers? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that one. And he goes over to the little liquor cabinet. 
Rasmus, is there anything I can get for you? Yeah, Rasmus looks up from the book. He's, uh, yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe some water, I guess. Oh yes, of course. Just a moment. He kind of like steps to the doorway there. Uh, Joanna, would you mind bringing in a pitcher and a few glasses for us, please? Hey, you just hear from the other side out in the kitchen. Right along, just a minute. Um, so- Mr. Richards? Yes? If I may, just, my father would be so upset at me if I didn't at least ask, and I pull out just out of my bag one of his CDs. <laughs> oh, yes! Would you sign this for my father? Absolutely, of course I would. Hold on. He pulls open a drawer on one of the cabinets and pulls out a Sharpie. What's this? This looks like this was from the original run of these. This CD must be 30 years old. My dad's a really big fan. What's your father's name? Charles. He scribbles out an inscription to Charles, big signature on the book there, and then hands it back to you. Well, I hope he gets a lot of use out of that. He will. Thank you so much. Not at all. So, I wanted to... The reason I invited you all here is partially as an apology. The Maritime Academy fundraiser was a bit of a debacle. I just wanted to apologize. And there are some more things I'd like to talk to you about. But those can, of course, wait till after dinner. Nothing to worry about right now. And just then, you can see back in the dining room, unless there's other things you want to talk to him about. Essie looks slightly suspicious as soon as he's like, there are things we need to talk about. And she's like, oh no. Oh no, is there going to be someone else who can jump? Oh, that hurt last time. But, like, thinking that, not saying it out loud. She's just kind of like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, laying out on the back table there, back in the dining room, you can see Joanna's laying out a couple different dishes, mostly, you know, roast vegetables and stuff. And then right in the center of the table is this huge baked salmon that she's got laid out on a platter. And she's just, oh, well, it looks like she's just about got it together. Why don't we head inside there? Excellent. Marwena loves salmon. Glad to hear it. I get up and follow everybody. Yeah, as he just like quietly follows and it's slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, so he like everybody goes in. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rasmus, you still with us there? Yeah, no, I, I I'm coming in. I was trying to look up the name of the rotting herring that they eat in Denmark. Uh, well, some people eat in Denmark, and I was going to ask him if he has any of that. Oh yeah, Sirstroming. Sirstroming. Ah, uh, I don't think I have any of that here. I do... I may have a can of pickled herring hiding back in the pantry, but I don't think I've got any of that, though. Ah, uh, no problem. Don't want to be difficult. No, not at all. Not at all. If I didn't have Joanna here, then my cooking would pretty much amount to a can of pickled herring. <laughs> <laughs> so, sits you all down. Please, take as much as you like. Eat. She gets very excited being able to cook like this. So, uh, Daniel, how many people have you eaten with this ritual? Essie just gives Rasmus a look. It's good salmon. Emily as well. You are very to the point, aren't you, Rasmus? Well, I mean, you ate less than you had intended to, I'm sure. No, you've misunderstood the situation. That's what I'm trying to stop. And he sets his cutlery down on the plate and kind of just gives you a not an angry look or anything just kind of like looks at you squarely. There is a monster that's been plaguing our city for a long time. I want to kill it. Are you a monster hunter? No, I'm just one of the lucky ones. Do you remember? Well, no, you wouldn't. Morwena, not that I would assume, but... I am very old. Do you remember the fairy accident of 1983? Yes. For the younger ones, in 
October of 1983, one of the ferries that crosses the harbor went down. Everybody went down with it. There were 300 people on board. Because of the storm, the Coast Guard couldn't get out. 300 people died, and they did not find any bodies. The only one who survived was me. And he pushes his chair back and stands up. When I was inside the ferry, when we were all inside, everything started to shift. You'd walk down hallways and bulkheads, and it would just seem to go on forever. And people started disappearing very quickly. The ship started to go down, and in just a, a moment of panic, I pulled one of the cabin doors open, and he turns to one of the d other doorways out of the dining room, and he pulls open the door, and it's just black, <laughs> and I managed to escape. Oh. Uh, Morena? Well. We've seen that before. And he closes the door again. <sighs> I was honestly hoping we could have a nice dinner first before getting into this business, but, Rasmus, if you insist. Why not both? <laughs> Marwena jammed some salmon in her mouth. <laughs> I'm afraid you may not have much of an appetite. Rasmus has not stopped eating. Just throwing that out. About 20 years later, there was an apartment building that collapsed. Again, everyone inside was killed. Missing. They didn't find any bodies. The only lucky ones were the people who weren't home at the time. So, that was 2002. And I'm worried that it's happening again. It almost happened again. No, that was... That was someone trying to cause it to happen. There's a group of people who worship this thing. They think that it's not our place to fight it. That we have to feed it, that we have to appease it. And as you can imagine, I'm not much of a fan of that. And that's what one of these fanatics tried to do. Was feed it, thinking that it could save us somehow. They don't think that we can kill it, and I think that they're wrong. So that's why I need your help. I brought the four of you here. I helped you find Emma's apartment to see if you could work together to help her get rest, to point you in the right direction, and you've done so well. That was you? It was. It didn't seem to take much of a push to get you moving. But the four of you worked so well together, you've done a lot. It's, quite frankly, very impressive. How did you know? I've been looking for people, and I think the four of you are who I need. Uh, Morwena, there's no one who's more knowledgeable. If anyone can find a way to kill this thing, you have that information. You can find it. I do have the best library. Rasmus, I think you would have an interest in making a new and better world. Emily, you can you can sense other people. We can find these cultists, these fanatics, because they're going to try to stop us. And Essie, I haven't forgotten about you. You are the reason we're doing this. It's not everyone has powers. Very few people do. But it's it's the honest for lack of a better term, normal people who are the heart of this city. You are the heart of this city, and we need your help. You you should be a part of this, because we do this for you. So Essie's just kind of, like, playing with the 
pendant that Rasmus gave her as he's saying all of that. We are, I don't want to oversell it to you. It's been nearly 40 years since this thing tried to devour me, and I still don't even know what it is. It exists in a plane, in a dimension beyond us. It bends reality to trap its prey like krill, just filters us out. The cultists think that it's too strong, that we can't kill it, that we'll just make it angry. But I think we can take that. We can take that power and we can save Balsamport. This whole city, this whole area, this whole region. Imagine what we can do with that. The vast, great forest that gave it the name. Oceans full of fish. This is what I want. I have a feeling trying to harness any power of something that's been able to destroy lots of people multiple times with just the help of a few puny humans is probably not a great idea. But I don't mind stopping it from destroying everything again. We will stop it. We can do this. And if it requires sacrifice, I'm willing to do that. I am... I will do that. My only wish, the only thing I want, if I can get even a glimpse of what we have made when we are done, before what's left of me is gone. I don't think anybody needs to die. We don't do sacrifice magic. I'm not... No, I mean... <laughs> harnessing, <laughs> harnessing this power, it's... It will be too much. I could not keep this power within me. To be successful, I understand that it will tear me apart. But I will do this. I can do this with your help. I understand it's a lot to digest. And take your time. I don't want you to rush into anything. But I think you four are the greatest hope this city has. To never have to worry about this again. Well, that's a great story, Daniel. But unless you can tell me what it is we're going to fight, I'm just going to bet that my apocalypse comes before yours. It's going to do something. That's why I need your help. We need to figure out what this is, where it is. I need your help. I can't do it alone. I'll help. I'll try. I mean, if I must. I wouldn't force you to do anything. I merely open the door. Well, my best worker will be gone, so I might as well. <laughs> also, my books. You know they'll try to steal my book. I'll give you some time. If you'll excuse me, please. And he gets up and just leaves the room. Marwana starts shoving more salmon in her face. <laughs> ah, girl. <laughs> Quick, before they kick us out. <laughs> he, did, he did say it was a lot to digest. Mm -hmm. It is, and I will get it all in there and start digesting. Essie <laughs> <laughs> just eats quietly. Emily barely eats anything. Either way, we were going to try and stop the shit from happening, so I guess including one more fella. Couldn't be the worst. If it shows up, I'd like to talk to it first. Yeah, that works. <laughs> and with him able to open the doors, we might be able to travel quickly instead of having to carry a raccoon in a box on a skateboard! <laughs> Wait, what about a raccoon? You missed a great one last night, Rasmus. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> All I know is that every other time giant monsters show up and kill everybody, the one person who survives is in on it. How often have you seen giant monsters consume large amounts of people, Rasmus? Oh, I, um, 
starting to, uh, three. Good to know. <laughs> so you don't trust him then? I mean, I don't trust you either, but no, I don't trust him. Then wouldn't it still be good to keep an eye on him? Be aware of what he's planning. Easier to figure out if we're working with him. And eat his dinner. Also uses cool doors. Also, he has cool doors. I mean, can't hurt. Well, I bring about the apocalypse. You keep saying that. I think we're trying to, like, <laughs> not have everybody die. I mean, yeah, sure. Some people don't die. Some people do die. Everybody die. Whatever. It's, it's fine. I'm not saying I will leave this city to die. I just don't know that it's worth allying with him. But if you guys want to go along for the ride, I'm in. It does explain those black doors. It explains a lot of things. It explains what was going on with that starfish, because, like, the starfish couldn't do that. No, the starfish definitely didn't make us doors. I think it's worth a shot. I'm on board with joining. Oh, I already said I'm in, so... Looks like it's decided. I like the salmon. Quick step out of character now. I'm not entirely sure where to go. Well, you could always like, just kind of cut in and then be like, and then it just fades to black and you guys start talking strategy and then that's where we end for the night. Do that thing. That thing he said. Thanks for listening. When I was a young being of unspeakable horror, I had to make my own pocket dimension. Such a hassle. I would have not killed to have access to a service like Squeal Space. Squeal Space allows you to easily create a dimension of your very own without having to learn to fine-tune the physics of reality. Simply pick up one of Squeal Space's award-stealing templates and modify to fit your needs. Listeners can get 50% more blood at checkout by using offer code GROUP. If you like this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast, share it with your friends. You can check out our website, groupproject.com, where sometimes we'll be posting stuff. And uh, thank you to Too Mellow for letting us use the song Accepting Myself off his album Mindstreaming Volume 1. You can check that out and the rest of his music at twomellowmakes.bandcamp.com. That's the number 2-M-E-L-L-O makes.bandcamp.com. Thanks for tripping in on the group project. <laughs>